Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Live from Sherm Talent, a show dedicated to the story that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. We're pulling back the curtain and asking the hard questions. It's what we do. It's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Ryan on from Applicant Pro, and we'll be learning about the business case, or the use case, for Applicant Pro. So while we jump, jump right into it, Ryan, will you do us a favor and introduce yourself and Applicant Pro? For sure. My name is Ryan Kohler, CEO founder of Applicant Pro. We started 16 years ago, studied accounting, went into web marketing, some random assessment uh, reseller of Profiles International had a bunch of clients and said, we need an ATS. Could you build one? And I'm like, never seen one before. Can't be that hard. Sounds like a website with a login, right? And so that was our first version. I applicants. Yeah, that was back in the Taleo days. Taleo had massive market penetration and mostly SMB. We were probably, I think we were one of the first ATS systems running free trial. Right. That was unheard of at that time. It oh, was yeah. an utter outrage. There oh, was yeah. no way you could give... You could set up an ATS system for free and let somebody use it for 30 days. Like that was a huge no-no at that time. And so, yeah, normally we're targeting small and mid-sized businesses, you know, anywhere from 20 employees up to a few thousand. Now we're doing a lot more, um, we'll call it like done with you, where we're giving them our ATS, but we're writing their job ads if they're a small employer. So we're doing the job ad and the posting. It's kind of like small employers don't need an ATS, just like they don't need QuickBooks. They need a bookkeeper. Right, And so if you're a small employer, you don't need an ATS. You need somebody to run, especially the top of the funnel. Get a good job ad, get it live. Right. And, and now we're headed more recruitment marketing, where the big challenge is right now, this huge talent shortage. And HR is really great at running their process. But the concept of rebuilding the marketing process of jobs is just way outside the purview of the average HR team at, you know, say an accounting firm or say a manufacturing organization or anybody like that. Like the concept of how to market a job, just, it's just never been there. Right. You know, it's like having your accountant run marketing. It's just the wrong side of the brain. Right. So where do your prospects go? How do they find out about Applicant Pro? Oh man, Uh, you know what? We send, we do a ton of email marketing. Pre-COVID, we would do lots and lots of trade shows. We, we, uh, you know, originally we're very SEO um, that gets really consolidated and crazy. Um, we go to Sherm trade shows and I speak until COVID hits. And, and since then we've been probably email first is the best way to think about it. And in a given week, we're going to send half a million value-based email messages. So we're going to teach you how to hire for free. And I'm going to assume that that, that thought leadership concept will drive you to say, well, if Ryan knows how to hire and he's helping us hire, we should check out his software um, but even that, like, you know, our goal is that our marketing uh, makes an impact on the world, whether you pay me or not. Right. So, I mean, if you don't use my ATS, I would prefer that people buy my applicant tracking system. But if they don't, I'm still going to teach them how to write a better job ad and, and generate more applicants. I love that. Well, I, I love the giving back, too, uh, because you're a part of the community. And uh, so I, I just love that. Um, take us into the product a little bit. Uh, take us into Applicant Pro as it, as it is right now, because uh, you've been through probably several iterations of, of Applicant Pro. What are what are the features and benefits and, and uh, attributes of Applicant Pro? 
You know, I think our superpower, and I can let this out of the bag now, but uh, our superpower was always that everybody thought they were an ATS system and they were copying ATS systems and they were keeping up with ATS systems. And, you know, my spirit animal has been HubSpot. Uh, it, it probably took about a decade ago. About a decade ago, it hit me that I was like, oh, crap. Recruiting is just marketing. We're just five to ten years behind. And so I got this little crystal ball out. If you if you give me a date like right now and you want to know what's coming next, we can just rewind back HubSpot for five years, and that's what's coming next. So if you take every single change that, say, Indeed makes, if you just roll back five years of Google – you're going to see that very similar context and very similar changes, not because Indeed per se is, say, copying Google. It's just search engines are what they are. They, you know, ran. You look at Google strategy when they got Yahoo, the category-based kind of like uh, platforms versus search. Well, just rewind and think about the, you know, 08 to 010 range when the category-based job boards got beat out by the free we index everything Indeed. And you'll see this constant correlation that makes it really easy as long as you accept that I'm not an ATS builder. I'm just building marketing software for jobs. So I tend to be more likely to follow, say, HubSpot and Salesforce and what the CRMs and those guys are doing. Um, it is the secret sauce, you know, like you want to fix your job ad, just start thinking about like it's a blog post. And if you think about a job ad as a blog post, then all of a sudden there is all kinds of cool tools you can use from the marketing world that are tested and proven and keyword saturation and keyword back. You know, all those things seem very revolutionary in the HR world. Right. But if you just happen to be from the web marketing world, you're like, oh, this is, this is just easy SEO. That's what we're doing right now. This is just like kind of the low-hanging fruit back how it used to be with Google. And so... From Applicant Pro's perspective, that's always been the driver. The idea that, like, it doesn't matter how good you are at tracking applicants or engaging applicants. If you don't have the ability to drive them, then when things like where we're at right now, it's pretty fortuitous to be somebody who's driving sourcing instead of just saying tracking. Right. Where most of the world views it and says, well, that's, that's not our job. We just track. We don't source. We just, you know, we check the box. We throw your jobs at the job boards, but we never made sure that applicants could flow easily until we had to. And for us, that I mean, I remember the early days of Indeed when they were begging us for jobs, when we were on the phone with like those guys, and they're like, hey, we need to index all these jobs. We need all the jobs we can find. And most of the ATS guys were pushing back because sourcing wasn't their job. But if you understand where the world was going, you always want to be the guy at the top of the funnel. Like literally, if you can drive the top of the funnel, everything gets easier. You want to sell assessments? Drive applicants. Want to sell background checks? Drive applicants. Because the more applicants you get, the more you need assessments. Right. And so that really, for us, has always been a marketing-first platform that just happens to do hiring. We just happen to manage that piece. I love this. I absolutely love this. And I love it for a number of reasons. But when you're talking to recruiters that maybe don't see it that way, how do you change their mind? Man, you know, that has been a decade of speaking at Sherm, right? A decade of going like, and, and now it's rough because, you know, I tend to have this like, my, my persona for when I'm going to show up in these places is normally your little brother. Like he annoys you because he's right, but you know he's right. and He's not wearing a suit and tie, so it's not that. Like I can get away with a lot of stuff because I'm going to be in a t-shirt. And, and so, you know, right now there's a heavy I told you so angle coming from it going, you know, I've been telling you this for a long time. You just didn't have to engage it. 
But that one right there, I was in a room today with 250 people, standing room only, and you go around the room and you basically say, who in here believes that they could do something today to change the applicant flow at their organization besides spending money, and nobody raises their hand. And yet I could take five minutes, change a job ad, get it back on Indeed, and it affect the applicant flow by 50, 60, 100%, but that concept doesn't exist in their mind because it's just not a marketing first concept. And so that, or like, who's the target of the ad? You know, if you think about it, we take our ads and we let our managers read them to say if they sound okay. That's not your target audience. Sure. The job seeker's your target audience. You should right. take it back to your employee and be like, hey, if you read this, would you apply? Because that's the actual target. So again, like, it is a little bit of cheating that you can bring. There's there's a book called Borrowing Brilliance, and effectively yeah, yeah. says if you borrow from outside of your world and bring it in, then you won't be viewed as a ripoff. You'll be viewed as a genius. Hmm. And, and so for us, it's always been rip it from marketing, make the adjustment. Blog posts or job ads there. Pretty much everything else still complies and works the right way. So when people compare you to other ATSs? You know, we are more mainstream now. Yes. I remember, man, Taleo used to make fun of us because, you know, we basically built, we, we'd been building these directory sites to get into Google, like a directory of all the doctors. And it had a left-hand menu bar that was super long so that Google could follow every link. And what you wanted was uh, only a couple clicks to every page on the site. So when we launched our first ATS, it had this left-hand menu bar that you could pretty much get to every single place within two clicks. And all the software guys thought that was the dumbest thing ever. It didn't look anything like software. But our core target audience was HR people who'd never bought software before. So to them, they're like, well, I mean, it makes sense. I log into this and I click add a job and there's the job. And so the usability, again, like you get in an echo chamber of people who have been in the space. And so therefore they become a little bit elitist about what is and isn't an ATS and how is or isn't it should work. But again, none of them are our customer. And our customer is nothing like us. And so, yeah, now we're much more mainstream. Now we still, there are still some things that I don't understand why people haven't copied yet. Like uh, the, the concept of making it easy to apply, right? That is now in vogue, but that should have been there always. But the ATS guys came along and HR said, we need to make it so you can apply online. And that became an online application that took an hour and we jumped the employment application all the way to the point of initial expression of interest. What they should have done, which is what we did, was, I know it's crazy, but a two-stage application, the idea that I can apply and then I can be invited back to finish without having to start again. I, I don't know why that's revolutionary. I don't know why nobody's copied it. Right. But, I mean, we're talking five years of that thing running of people going, well, we don't understand why you get more applicants than some other system. And the answer is like, well, there's less friction. This, this is really sure. simple. You reduce the friction, then more throughput goes through. This is just a yeah. matter of science. Yeah. Or it's a matter of how lead forms work. Because somebody applying for a job is no different than somebody filling out a lead form. If I add more questions, we get fewer leads. That's right. If I reduce questions, we get more leads. And, and it literally is that simple, but also why nobody copies it. Because that seems like it's too easy. It's, it can't work that way. There's no way that, like, cutting the questions in half will double applicant flow. But it does, especially if you're a small employer, especially you got nothing going for you other than can I make it easy. That's job ads are the same way. We have, I think right now we probably have 16 writers that just write job ads. Right. 
They interview a client, ask them a handful of questions, and write an ad that looks nothing like anybody's ad out there. Right. Um, and you'll see 50 to 300% bumps in applicant flow just because, well, the job seeker reads it and goes, this sounds like me. I'm the hero in this story right here, and that's what I want to be, is I want to be this hero in the story of getting the job or doing the job. But in the sea of job descriptions, oh, it's like low-hanging fruit. I love this. Yeah. So is there any industries or um, corporate versus hourly that you kind of, does applicant uh, pro, does it excel in? Um, you know, if if you go hourly, I, I would say it this way. If where we do really, really well is when you get a, a team of people who will get their employees as the person driving applicant flow. When you switch from it being job board first to employee as a team, meaning, you know, at, at our company, every employee gets an email every week with the jobs that are currently available that we're hiring for. The secret sauce there is that we're creating a unique URL for every employee for every job. So in two clicks, it's on Facebook, and every single click is tracked back to that employee without them typing in their name. So if you have a, a company that's embracing, well, I have 300 employees personally, that's 300 ambassadors that could share on Facebook. But you have to embrace that concept that my employees are just job sharers. They're not recruiters. I'm not holding them to the same standard of like, I want your best friend, you're vouching for them, and they have to stay for 90 days. Oh, by the way, I'm paying you 200 bucks, not 20%. But I'm holding you to the recruiter standard. But so, you know, restaurants and retail, anybody like at that level where they can grab their phone, scan a QR code, type their name in, and share a job on Facebook is, is very low-hanging fruit for driving applicant flow. If you're willing, number two, if you have a culture that has, I call them like shareable benefits. So for me, weird thing about Applicant Pro, we're currently 300 employees, 75% part-time, 75% women. So I have an entire team of moms all the way up to the top. C-level is half and half, female versus male. Most of them never been in tech, never been in HR, turning to the workforce from having a kid or being in school or anything like that. And I pay, this year I'll spend $350,000 on house cleaning as a benefit. When you're willing as an organizational to create a shareable benefit, meaning, oh, today was terrible at work. Ryan was, said something and he was a jerk, but my house was cleaned by my boss when I came home. Thanks, Applicant Pro. And so if you want to see like employee referrals at scale, shareable benefit something where they have a reason to post online say my boss cleans my house sounds utterly revolutionary it cost me 40 cents per hour for 40 cents per hour i clean the homes of all my employees but from a recruiting standpoint nobody's dumb enough to pay for house cleaning like who would do that that's so strange which means it's a protected benefit right because nobody's dumb enough to copy me why would you do that? Most corporate America is ran by dudes, and they're like, well, I don't clean my house anyway. And But if you are a working mom, that is the number one pain. Or if I'm at Sherm standing up in a room full of women, and I tell them that I pay for the house cleaning of my employees, and that it's going to be some mom who is not a salesperson, that she's support first, who's going to sell them and demo the product, then all the VC capital in the world is not going to compete. Right. Because I know my user. 
And so that right there, if you have that same concept, if you're willing to say, we're going to get our employees to share these jobs, we're going to run contests about who generated the most applicants, we're going to put... Leaderboard. Yeah, leaderboards and team versus team. Restaurants work really well because you do store versus store. And instead of the employees competing, the general manager who's more competitive is competing against other general managers. And so anything where you've got a culture that's exciting then you can ratchet up employee referrals and completely change the dynamics of recruiting. Inbound, outbound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want to target passive applicants, then employees. You want to do social recruiting? HR is never going to have the same following as my 300 employees. Right. They have an entire, the average company has an entire army of people who could be sharing their job that are sitting on the sidelines. Nobody talks about referrals. Nobody brings it up. It's buried in the employee handbook. Yeah. They don't give credit. The credit's like buried in their check. Like, thanks for it. Nobody stands them up. It's like, Joe, thanks for referring this person. This is so awesome. It's important. Yeah. The, the main, like your main cash or your main kind of value transaction of employee referrals is a boss who's willing to say thank you out loud. It's worth way more than the 250 bucks I put in their paycheck. 100%. Yeah. But we don't. We stay on the sidelines. Yeah. So the, with, the 250 plus folks that you talked to this morning, um, if you could have them ask you questions, buying questions about Applicant Pro, what are the questions that you love to receive? And the flip side, what are the ones that drive you up the wall? Sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, what we love to hear is, man, we've tried everything. It's not working. And you know what? We know that we don't know. And, and that took a long time to get to. That took three and a half times worse talent shortage than pre-COVID, where we're now so flipped upside down that they're like, the only thing we know is that we don't know what we're doing. It's time to bring in somebody from the outside to show us how to do it. And so if you, if you say we've done everything, but we haven't spent a dime on it, and eh, like, you're not really that hard up for applicants if you're spending zero dollars, right. right? But if you actually tried recruiting and you've thrown money at the job boards and you yeah. doubled your employee referral payout. Nothing has worked. That right there, um, that's number one. Number two, the we're willing to trust that, that these things will work, especially job ads are the interesting one. Like, right. It triggers everybody in the organization when we fire up a job ad that looks nothing like anything before. Everybody has an opinion about whether it will work or not. The one phrase from that session today that no HR person has ever said was, I don't know, we're just going to try it and see what happens. Yeah. In the tech world, in the marketing world, that's every day. I don't know. I'm going to try this. See what happens. Let's see what happens. Full send it. Who knows? We can always back up. That's not said. The ones that drive you nuts, oh, man, um, you know what? We have decided that we will on purpose make the hiring process harder because somebody's not willing to jump through those hoops, then they aren't a good candidate. And you're like, okay, so are you Facebook or Google? Does yeah. just having your name on their resume make the rest of their life? Oh, yeah. no, no. I'm like a 25-person plumbing company. Well, nobody wants to work for you that much. Like, you can't do that. So that one's always a good one. Um, oh, you know what? Women can't do sales in fill-in-the-blank. Women can't do sales. In, so I'm the, like, most aggressively male feminist that you will ever meet on that side of, you know, construction's a great place. We're like, well, women can't sell in construction. And you're like, no. You haven't figured out how to create a process and an Sorry. environment where they can excel. It's really right. easy. Don't ask them to prospect. If you do inbound marketing generate leads, and 
women are the best salespeople on the face of the planet. They just don't want to prospect because they don't want to disrupt somebody and try to shove something on them that they didn't ask for. But if you switch it, then all of a sudden, man, you have all these moms that can outsell all these guys all day long. But so those are usually the two, this idea of it won't work. Right. It's different. Right. It doesn't work in our industry. And as soon as you get any of those, you know, well, it's unique. Well, that will never work in fill in the blank. Those are always the triggers that you're like, cool, we can sell you our software, and it's going to do better than what you're doing now. But it's always going to be capped, not because technology isn't the problem in recruiting right now. That's right. The message is. Yeah. The strategy, like, are you going to differentiate yourself? Well, then technology could amplify that differentiation. Well, but it, if you want to be the same, yeah. we'll amplify sameness. Well, the differentiation, the, the key to differentiation is you actually have to be different, which means that you have to have the cojones to actually be different, right? You actually have to have, you'll be willing to fail. And you, you said it brilliantly. You're going to throw things against the wall. It's almost like you, as a recruiter, uh, you're putting on a lab coat. And you're going to just try stuff. And you know, some of it will work. Some of it won't. And that's okay. And I think HR and recruiting, if they, if they could rip anything off, if they could rip that off, that'd be great. Uh, last thing I want to end with is success, success stories. Just... Because you've been doing this for so long, you've got probably a mountain of these, but just no brand names or anything like that, but just things that you just love where they've used Applicant Pro, and you're like, this is why I created the company. Right, right. You know, anytime you can, so for me, I tend to be a bit contrarian. So if I can prove you wrong, or more specifically that, there's a, a great quote in one of my favorite books, the opposite of a good idea could also be a good idea. So I tend to be the one that's going to be like, no, no, I'll do it the opposite way. Give me all the challenges you want. I'm going to do it the opposite way, and I'm going to prove it for you. So when you take, say, like a, a, a company that hires drivers, and they've decided that you need a CDL, and suddenly they realize, no, 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 to deliver furniture, we don't. And, and at that point, when you, we have one in, in, I think it was in northern Utah or something, that they, they finally let us in say, wait, who do you love working here? And they're like, oh, so-and-so used to be a Domino's driver. And we're like, Done. Done. We can target Domino's drivers all day long to deliver furniture. Or, you know, we also have this person, they're a part-time fireman. Done. You want somebody to deliver furniture on the side who's a fireman. When you can clearly say who your target is, it's the same. You and I, we do marketing. When you can clearly state who your target is, then then it becomes very easy to create content. Right. But if you're creating content with no concept of who is going to read it, it's or respond. You're closing your eyes. Oh, yeah. And and recruiters believe they're being safe, but they're not. The, the last story I'll tell you, there was, um, so I'm the champion of the the alternative approach. So, for instance, somebody pulled me aside in the in the trade show in there, and she's talking about hiring a marketing person. She's like, oh, I got this great idea. Instead of a full-time marketing person, I cut the job in half, and we hired two part-timers. And I'm like, Yeah. Because that's a different target audience. But it was like this huge aha to her. Like, nobody would have ever done that. I'm like, well, yeah, pre-COVID. When we rolled into COVID, my, my client or my own internal team was struggling. I'm like, back to part-time. You go back to hiring part-timers. Because it instantly changes that target audience. So when you see that aha of them going, oh, the, the general idea of what everybody was doing was wrong. It wasn't a best practice. It was just the most common practice. It right. was just the easiest practice. But that idea that probably the compliance side of HR yeah. holds back the recruiting side 100%. of HR because 100%. it's like having an accountant set your marketing strategy. It, oh, yeah. It just isn't. It's not nothing against HR people. It's just 
in no other part of the organization do you have a left brain person in charge of a right brain strategy or vice versa. We divide and conquer it all up except for in HR where we throw recruiting with compliance and benefits and payroll. And we just assume because it's all people, it takes the same type of person to do it. And so we just hold back recruiting for, I don't know, generations at this point because of that one part. What I love about you and what you've built is that most software in our industry is built by engineers, right? Not even practitioners. So most of the ATSs are built by at least the fourth generation of those have been maybe got some recruiters in there, but by and large are built by recruit, built by engineers. You're coming from a web marketing and a marketing perspective and you built for recruiters. And I love that. I mean, I just love the mentality and I just, I could just see, I'll just, you you know, at one point you'll sell and it'll be billions of dollars. So just thanks for coming on the show while, while, uh, while, while we get to get you on as a guest. For Uh, sure. For sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the use case podcast until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at RecruitingDaily.com.